Hello and welcome to another episode of the Women in Session podcast. Um, we're doing a little bit of an offshoot off today, talking about our favorite movies of the year so far, some things we're excited to do, kind of a late in the year but early awards season check-in. Uh, I'm Shadon Larkey. I'm Erica Richards. I'm so excited to talk to you. I know, it's been way too long. Like. My life's been crazy, but winter time, fall and winter time is slowing, slowing things down for me. So I'm so excited to be back and to be chatting with you. We have a lot to catch up on, a lot to talk about that we're both excited for. So I'm, I'm happy to be here. Um, so let's dive into the big cinematic event of this past weekend, which was the Eras Tour movie. I want to let you go first. I feel like you're a bigger Swifty. So. Okay, yes. You know I am like full-fledged Swifty. I have been I'm not like a bandwagoner everyone. I've been on the Swifty train for pretty much since she's existed, right? Um I've gone to multiple concerts, so it was like obvious I was going to the Eras tour. And can I tell you what is the most exciting thing is that the movie is my show. It's the show I went to. So I get to relive my concert for the rest of time. Like I have chills even just saying it. Like me and my friends that were like went to go see the movie or the friends that I went to go went to the concert with and we were like because we knew she was filming that night but she filmed in LA multiple nights um, which disclosure I will say there's two songs that weren't my night. Um it was the hat moment uh, with Kobe's daughter. That was not my night. And um, for this acoustic set known as the surprise songs, um, the song she performs on the guitar, um, our song was not my song, but the piano song, You're on Your Own Kid, was my night. So I get to relit. So like all the little like things that she was saying in between songs, like I remember that happening. So it's just, it's awesome because, like, I get to le- relive my concert, which I just feel like is, like, what are the odds, you know? So that's awesome. Okay, can I ask you, how the heck did you even get tickets? Because so I- that's, that's why I said, like, I have been going to her concerts, like, for a really long time. So my friends and I, we started doing, like, a girl's trip for her concert. So we saw um, a hand I guess let me think let me actually think about it um speak now 1989 we were in Nashville um reputation we went to Philly um and then we were supposed to do Loverfest which if you remember Loverfest was not like a tour it was only happening in two locations this is pre-COVID right so it was only happening in two locations the two locations were Foxborough Massachusetts not Boston by the way Foxborough and LA so me and my girlfriends were like we don't want to go to Foxborough we don't want to go to Massachusetts like that's lame let's go to LA for Loverfest so we had tickets to Loverfest and then effing COVID canceled it so because we had tickets to Loverfest, we had pre like we had like the code or whatever. Like I'm very lucky because my friend this is the thing, is like my friend is the one that's always bought the tickets. So she has like all the history of us buying tickets, right? Which gives you like a like a bump, right? So she had whatever bumped us to, to be able to get like the pre-sale code or whatever for LA. But honestly, like being the Swifty that I am, like even if we air quotes here didn't get tickets, like I was going somehow, right? Like I was getting tickets somehow, but we, yeah, we got really lucky. I was, um, I wasn't on the floor, but I was in the lowest like bowl section, probably 11 rows back maybe. So yeah, it was incredible. It was, you know, it's one of those things like, it's like a, I feel like looking back at the heirs tour will be one of those things that like years from now we'll still be talking about right like that I'll be able to be like yeah I was there and not only was I there but now the movie that everyone's gonna watch was my show so I just feel like 
I feel like Tay did it for me. I mean, honestly, like she always comes through, you know, so I just, I adore her. That's amazing. Also, this is audio, so you guys can see, but we are like British, <laughs> like children right now. I mean, I'm just obsessed with her, but you know what's funny is like, I don't even feel like I'm on the like scale of Swiftiness. Like, I don't even feel like I, like, I say this, like, I'm like that meme of, um, uh Pete Davidson like I'm not even that crazy of a Swifty I mean I am but like I'm not you know like I feel like there's so many more fans out there that are what I mean I'm obsessed with her and obviously obviously and have been um she can just take all my money right um <laughs> but I I mean I just like I've been a, like I said I've been a fan of hers for since like her first legit her first album so um you know I feel okay, like so let me ask you this yeah. Obviously, watching the movie is not the same thing, but do you feel like it sort of captured it? And maybe what's something that you feel like maybe the movie didn't capture or? So it's funny because I feel like there also like when she announced that she was doing this movie, right? I was like, this is this is great because there were so many people that didn't get to go to a concert, right? And like, obviously... <laughs> the tour is still happening, right? Like it's still happening. People are still going, still trying to get tickets, blah, blah, blah. Um, but I feel like, and like people are going to roll their eyes at me for this, but I think more people will be like, yeah, I just feel like she truly cares about her fans so much, like genuinely. And I feel like she really did this for fans that like might not ever be able to see her on tour. Right. Um, I think it did an amazing job capturing that, the atmosphere of the concert and like the experience of it. However, I, I will say it was funny because me and my girlfriends were in the concert and you're, you feel like you're at the concert, right? But the, the sound is just so different because the sounds so well, it sounds so like the, the audio done so well for the movie. When you're at the concert, you can more like, first of all, it's much louder, right? So it was funny because during the movie, we kept like, turn it up. Like, it needs to be louder, right? Like, it should be louder. But it's also like when you're at the concert, sometimes it's hard to even hear her because people are screaming every single word so loud, right? So that's like something that you miss, like that part of the atmosphere too. Now, now it, most people were singing in my theater. I was singing. Me and my girlfriends stood up and danced at one point. The like the women next to us were up and dancing. We sat in the back row on purpose. I bought the tickets in the back row on purpose because I knew there would be a point where we'd have to stand up and dance. Um, so I think the only thing that you really miss is that part of the atmosphere. Like everyone around you singing, everyone around you on their feet. Um, you almost not being able to hear her because of how loud the fans are singing. Um, but that's also like a good thing. I don't know. It just, I felt like in the theater, I wanted it to be louder is, is how I felt. But I think it's just because like, I was craving that concert, like sound, if that makes sense. Yeah. So I, I mean, if by some miracle I'm able to get like tickets to her New Orleans show in 2024 or something, like I would love to go, but I've kind of accepted the fact that it's probably not going to happen. <laughs> but, um, I, I mean, I really liked the movie and I feel like it kind of satisfied. It's obviously not going to be the same thing, but it's yeah. sort of satisfied. Like, I feel like I got the feel of it. And like, um, I went on like Sunday evening. So I feel like all of the kids, you know, they have school the next day, so they weren't there. So it was kind of like not as many people, which was amazing because I got to scream as loud as I wanted and be obnoxious. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I had like a really amazing time with it and I mean maybe I haven't seen that many concert dogs but what impressed me was that it was like super well done like I thought the shots were really good like it really captured like the choreography and the way that her and the dancers were like moving across the stage like the sound was really good um yeah, yeah I I just had the best time with it my one complaint is that she didn't include cardigan which was the song turned me into like literally that is the reason why I became a Swifty like I was a fan really? of and I like heard Cardigan and connected with it so much that I like took a deep dive through the rest of her songs and like that was kind of the beginning of the end for me so the fact that that wasn't included in there really bummed me out but like it's funny I had my friend over and we like made friendship bracelets beforehand we turned it into a whole thing so, um, yeah, it was amazing. I would say even if you're, like, an average Taylor Swift fan, you would still really enjoy it. Like, I think it's kind of 
satisfying for everybody. Yeah, I think that's perfectly said. I think it's one of those things that everyone, even the haters out there, will watch it, right? Um, I agree. You know, and that's the thing. It's funny. My girlfriends, we went to, like, a brunch before we went to the movie, and we were all talking. You know, everyone was talking about what songs they were disappointed, what, you know, wasn't in it, and blah, blah, blah. Um, my And then I always say, like, well, the only way we'd all be completely satisfied is if she literally sang every song in her discography, which is not going to happen, right? So, like, you have to kind of just accept that, like, there's going to be stuff that you're sad that's not there. But my thing is, okay, here's my theory. So this is my theory because, obviously, here's the other thing is I'm glad to hear you say that it satisfied you because we have all just been infiltrated with TikToks, Instagram stories, Instagram videos of the concert and the fact that, like, it's, like... I mean, I already have tickets to go again, right? Like before it even before I even saw it the first time, I had tickets to go again because I was going with like multiple friend groups, right? But um, and it's something that once it hits streaming, I will watch it. You know, I'll I'm gonna see this thing multiple times, right? Because I will want to relive that moment forever. And again, I can't say it enough. I'm so excited. It's my concert that I get to relive. Anyways, um, my theory is if you saw there was a a film crew following her at the premiere so my theory is that there's also going to be like a behind the scenes documentary about the tour right I mean it's like the biggest tour that's ever existed so I feel like there has to be a documentary behind the scenes and I think there's going to be certain songs like a lot of us are we're upset are upset we're upset that long live wasn't part of the actual um set list in the concert right but I think what they're gonna do is in the documentary because it was such a big deal that night when she played it the koi fish guitar like all of this stuff like that that guitar being removed from the the um museum and like her bringing it out on stage again like I think they're gonna make a whole thing out of it in a documentary so that's my theory and maybe cardigan will be in it then um and maybe other songs that we all want to be in it, I think we'll maybe be in it again. So that's my theory is that we haven't seen it all yet. I think there's still going to be another thing <laughs> that we're going to be able to see. So I think so, too. I think at the very least, maybe like whatever version is released on streaming is going to be like an extended edition or something. Um, yeah. So we so shall too. see. Yeah. But, and it's interesting, too, that you mentioned the sound, because one thing I actually really liked about the concert movie was that I could actually hear yeah um, no absolutely I agree I absolutely agree yeah I mean I don't know how I would feel if I paid like an f ton of money and then I wouldn't even have been able to hear her right and I will say something that really impressed me too about like Taylor in general is I feel like she like pun intended tailors her content so well to her strengths like you know, no shade to her at all, but she's not, you know, like an Aretha Franklin level, like vocalist, or she's not maybe like a Beyonce level dancer, but like everything that she does, like highlights her strength so well. And like her strength is like being able to connect to her audience, which she like does really. So I don't know, it kind of inspired me to be like, how do I highlight my strengths better the way yeah. that she does? Like, I just thought that was so interesting, like the way that it was like constructed to kind of like feed into like I don't know I I, I really like it's so her right like she's, she's so strategic with every move she makes and she's you know she's a mastermind she is she is just so calculated in everything she does and um it's fun right like you said it doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be something else because it's her right like it doesn't have to be Beyonce or Adele or what you know it's Taylor and that's why we love it. And it's funny too. This is something I want to touch on too. There was a friend of mine that came with, with us that didn't go to the concert and she's a new Swifty as well. And she had like leaned over to me at one point and she was like, is this like, how quick were the transitions at the actual concert? Because, you know, she's changing costumes so much. Right. And honestly, this is another thing that if you experience it in real time, you'd be impressed with. I would say it was no more than 45 seconds in between like the set changes, 45 seconds to a minute, maybe um, like in, re in real life in the, at the co actual concert. And I think they did a really good job of transitioning everything at the actual like film too. Like I thought that was really well done. Wow. Okay. Cause yeah. I was thinking about that. Cause like her makeup does not move. Like she looks and that's like, why 
it's so funny too because if you notice the only thing that really changes is her hair she starts out with her hair straight and then it over time just from yeah. like sweat sweat and running around and all the stuff like it, it ends up again though perfectly crimped by the time the, the film is at the end um but no it's incredible and that's why i think there will be behind the scenes documentary because i think they're gonna have to show us how they freaking pulled this off like Mm -hmm. you know behind the scenes so and also like it's not even until she gets to like the very end in midnight where you start to see the sweat it's like how does she have this much stamina it's insane she's insane she's insane and i love her for it but she's insane superhuman yeah um are we ready to kind of jump into some other favorites do we have any? Yes, ideas? please, because otherwise I'll just talk about the eras for the, rest <laughs> of the podcast. Maybe we should have just done an eras tour podcast. <laughs> I would have been okay with that, honestly. <laughs> I know. Um. Okay, so let's kind of dive into some movies we've loved so far this year. Yeah, well, I mean, we've already talked about. Obviously, we did a whole Barbie and Oppenheimer. Um. A podcast so obviously people know that we really enjoyed both of those and I would say those are definitely the top of my list so far um you want to start with yours because I'm trying to think of now I'm like let me go back to my letterbox and see what I've seen because yeah so um, I do know, want to touch on Barbie and Oppenheimer quickly because yeah. one thing and I've said this before like on other pods we've done together a big test for me whether or not I consider like you know, a movie to be a favorite or really good is like how much I go back and think about it after I've seen it. And yes, when we did do our initial podcast, I was a little bit harsher than you were. But like, these are movies that have stayed with me so much. And I feel like my appreciation of them has grown so much over time. I think maybe the flaws that I originally didn't like still stand like I don't think they're perfect films by any means and I Mm -hmm. and I still have criticisms but I admire them so much even with like Barbie you know I was a little bit like oh it's too corny in some parts or oh it's you know whatever but the the moments that have been done well I think are like some of the best moments of cinema this year maybe we can go like this decade and like same thing with Oppenheimer like I think there's just certain moments, like, even with Killian's performance, or just, like, certain mm-hmm. things that I keep thinking about, um, and, you know, now there's obviously terrible things that are happening in the world, and I keep kind of going back to the the scene in the, like, auditorium or whatever, where all those people are cheering, and I just keep yeah. thinking about how, um, sort of the brutality of that movie, um, so, so, yeah, I, I think it's interesting that over time, sort of my, my review, which was originally pretty positive, has actually become even more so. Yeah, it's funny that you say that because I have seen them both again since we've talked. I saw them both again in theaters. Um, and they were just, I'm honestly, for me, like even better the second time around. Um, and I think, I mean, I don't, I mean, obviously, Oppenheimer is going to be in the awards, you know, race this year. Do you think Barbie will be too? Because I do. I think Barbie is definitely going to be, like, a big craft, but with the best actress race being as, like, crazy crammed in as it is, I'm worried about Margot missing. Yeah. But I I think she's so, I just think she's so so deserving. So deserving. And again, I think it's the kind of performance that you appreciate more when you're removed from it, because, like, yes she just plays all the beats so perfectly where I feel like somebody else would not make it seem as genuine as she did. But it's like, you really fall in love with her. And I fall completely in love with her. And she just does so well, like discovering her emotions, like as a human. And it's just like incredible to watch. And I, I feel like, the maybe some comedic performances in the movie like kind of pushed her to the side a little bit and we took like I feel like a lot of people took it for granted but if you go back and watch it she's so good she's so good at like learning that she has these human emotions like I just can't get over it Mm -hmm. yeah so I would I mean I feel like there's no one on this planet that hasn't seen I know those but I I mean I would encourage people to even revisit them now that we're removed from them and kind of see if maybe they have similar feelings but um 
And in terms of Killian Murphy, like I still have not seen a best actor performance that tops that for me. Yeah. Um, one and um, you know, I did go to TIFF. I was very lucky to get to go this year. My favorite, um, I still have not seen Poor Things, which is like a big anticipated title for me. me and too, I still yeah. haven't I haven't had a chance to see Killers of the Flower Moon. Um, have you seen that one, Erica? No, it's not out yet um, yeah. for me, and I haven't been able to get, you know, advanced of it. But that's that's a big one for me. I think that might be what, you know, Lee, I've heard Leo's, like, it's his best performance. Um, really? I feel like yeah. all the buzz that I've heard is surrounded around Lily Gladstone. So I'm really yes, excited. yes, I've heard a lot, too. But I, so here's the thing. This is where, like, I don't know if you feel the same way. I want to, like, people that are you know, in the film world that are lucky enough to see it before we all get to see it. I'm so happy for them. And I want to read their, their reviews, but I find myself like also not wanting to read their reviews because I don't want to spoil anything for myself or not that it's spoilers, but it's just like, I don't want to have any preconceived like ideas before I go into the film. So like, just some little snippets I've seen have been that I I have seen a couple things saying that this is Leo's best performance. Um, yes, a lot of it around Lily Gladstone as well. But I have what I have seen um, talking about the lead actor race is that I think Leo will be a big part of that. Interesting. I yeah, and I'm seeing um, Priscilla tomorrow. But in terms of female performances, the one that I have to talk about and encourage people to see is Anatomy of a Fall, um, which Ooh, won yes. the, the top prize at Cannes, and it was at TIFF. Sandra Hewler, my God, it's just, like, a magnificent performance. I don't think I've ever seen anything like It's so layered, and, like, I feel like every scene changed my mind about her, and this is okay so um not but basically yeah. her husband dies and she gets accused of like uh, murdering him and, and she's on trial um so it's like every scene I was like wait like she didn't do it no she did it like oh she's terrible she's like an amazing mom no I feel bad for her and it's like such a accurate not that I've ever been married but it's such an accurate portrayal of like the kind of resentment and toxicity that kind of plant their seeds and grow within a marriage. I just, I love this movie. I love this performance. And France, for whatever reason, I will never understand, did not choose it as their official entry for the international race. They chose a different film, which I haven't seen. But it's just one of the best movies I've seen this year. Again, I keep coming back to it so much. And that performance in particular, I feel like I, there's just not enough words for how amazing of a performance it is. So if I had an Oscar to give at this moment, that's who I would give it to. So I'm really excited to see how like Emma and Lily Gladstone kind of enter into the the conversation and how that's going to shift my opinions. But Anatomy of a Fall, I cannot say enough good things about that movie. That's, you know, that's one that has been on my radar just recently. I've seen a lot of chatter about it. And um, I'm excited to hear that you loved it so much. I, again, I try to not really look at, at a lot of stuff, but just that quick synopsis you gave and like, that was like the, what I saw about it. And it's funny because my boyfriend and I, we just watched the Staircase documentary. Have you seen that? No, but I need okay. to on my list for so long. Okay, so I had watched it, like, I'm a true crime junkie, so I had watched it, like, a long time ago, but he had never seen it, so, like, I was re-watching it, and he was watching it, and it's so funny, because he, we, like, saw The Anatomy of a Fall, and, like, he was like, oh, this sounds like a, kind of like a staircase thing, which is the same thing, you're watching it, and your, your opinion is going so back and forth on what you think, if they did it or not, so I'm really excited for that one, too. I also didn't know it was a French film, um... So that's exciting. I'm hoping, I'm hoping it'll play in a theater. Well, I know it'll definitely play at the Charles, which is like a little indie theater in Baltimore, but um, maybe it'll play elsewhere around here too. So that makes me really excited to hear how impressed you were with it. 
And um, I wanted to touch on a movie that I know we both saw, which I caught up with this past weekend, which is Past Lives. Yeah, um, what did you think? Okay, I feel like this is totally a movie that was made for me. Like, I, like even at some point where she, like, recommends that you watch, like, Eternal Sunshine of the, the Spotless Mind, I was like, oh, so this movie's going to crush me the way that that yep. one is. Yeah. Um, but, and that, like, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind is my favorite movie of all time. So mm. any movie that's kind of, like, inspired by that or sort of follows the same themes, like, I just love. And it was so good. I'm so mad that it took me this long to watch it. I really loved it. I think for me, it was one of those that I, I loved. I needed to sit with it a little bit. Um, and I think I, I really wanted to rewatch it this weekend, but I didn't get a chance because uh, I knew we were going to talk about it. But I think I need to rewatch it. And I think it's going to hit harder on the second watch. I think for me, I, I love the comparison to Eternal Sunshine and Spotless Mind. But for me, I was thinking more of like a before sunrise, before sunset kind of thing, um, which are two of my all-time favorite films. Um, right. Yeah, I loved it. I just, I don't think I loved it as much initially off the bat as everyone else. I think I need to sit with it for a second in a good way. I don't mean that in a bad way. But I just, I think so many people, I was hearing all this buzz about it, like, oh my God, this is incredible, incredible, blah, 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 blah. And then when I went to go see it in the theater, I think I was, I don't want to say underwhelmed by it, but I don't think it hit as hard for me the first time initial watch um, after I sat with it for a little bit and like I've thought about it, I see its brilliance, but I also... I don't know. I think because I just, it was so hyped up. I don't know if it like fully met my expectations the first watch. Mm. I hate no, I mean, that's something that I really struggle with. And like, I feel like we've talked, you know, cause I also like, I'm not in New York and LA, so I don't typically get to see things right away. So a lot of times, like by the time things get to me, people are like, Oh, this is a masterpiece. And then I watch it and I'm like, Oh, no. <laughs> but no, I really, I really connected with this one. And what I admire so much about past lives is it, is it doesn't, like, there's no villains. Like, even yeah. at, at one point in the movie, like, the husband says, like, oh, I'm just the American husband and all this. Like, they could have easily kind of made him the bad guy. But, like, I just, there's a lot of, like, nuance and, like. Yeah. And I think that's why it hits so hard, right? Because you're, like. I want to have a definitive opinion about these people and I can't and that's real life right like people have flaws and people don't have flaws and you can't really be mad at anyone in this film because it's just like I think a really accurate depiction of like how life happens sometimes right like I, I think it was really delicately told um yeah and like you said like I when I was watching it, I was thinking like, is the, is the husband going to do something that makes me not want her to be with him? Because I also was like, well, this is her husband and they're in love and they love each other. And that there's this like other thing that you're like, oh, this is what could have been. And that also sucks and is hard. I don't know. It's, it really, and I think that's the other thing too, is like, I didn't really have anyone to talk with about it after I saw it. So I think like I, this is good that we're talking about it because I think now I'm like realizing why it is so good <laughs> again I, I loved it when I saw it I just don't think I thought it was as much of a masterpiece as everyone else did but I do think it's really well done the performances are incredible um I just think I need to watch it again yeah and as somebody who you know like my my I was born in the U.S. but my parents came over um and I, I think it really captures kind of like the duality of of kind of you know you live one place but there's a piece of you that's somewhere else and sort of how how you navigate the world and how maybe your relationships with people who are of, of a similar background of you are different than than your sort of relationships with Americans and I thought there was a lot of really nuance nuance there that was beautifully done um yeah in terms of like movies from and I feel like there's a lot of passion around past lives but in terms of movies from earlier in the year that I really hope stay in the conversation and more people get a chance to see like past lives would be at the top of my list of like if you want to have a complete picture of the year in cinema like it's a must watch I think I agree I definitely agree and I think the connection you made to it I think a lot of people can make that connection and I think it'll hit 
with a lot of people in that way. Um, so Erica, a movie that I, again, from earlier in the year that I wanted to touch on just because I feel like people have forgotten about it and I'm really passionate about it is Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret. It's an adaptation of the Judy Bloom book. It is so sweet and it like perfectly captured the awkwardness of like being 12 and being mm-hmm. at a new school and like it's just I, I mean it's again a movie that I have thought about so many times and like I saw it with my mom and like we reference it all the time and like Aww. it like kind of took her back to the because in the movie Rachel McAdams plays the mom one of yeah. my favorite performances of the year too that I feel like people aren't talking about but um, it perfectly captures, like, the angst of raising a 12-year-old where you, like, mm. so desperately want to say the right thing and, like, you don't, um, you're kind of walking on eggshells around your kid. And then it also just perfectly captures, like, the angst of actually being, like, in a body that's changing and you're going through mm-hmm. puberty and you're so confused about everything. Um, I think it's streaming. So if if you have the chance to watch it, watch it. If if you are an awards person or not an awards person or whatever, I hope this movie's on your radar because it's so good. And yes, I loved it because I'm a girl, but I feel like even if you're a dude, like if there's something in it that you'll connect to, it's right. just delightful. Like I think I remember leaving the theater and just like had the biggest smile on my face and just felt pure like joy and delight. Right. And there hasn't been a movie experience that has given me that same like, feeling of happiness yeah I you know it's one of those that like I had every intention on seeing it when it was in the theater and I didn't make it and I've had every intention on streaming it and I just haven't yet but I will tell you I have not heard one bad or sour thing about it It, exactly what you're saying is what I've heard from literally everyone I know that's seen it or even just like seeing what people are saying online do you think there's any chance it makes the conversation for like adapted screenplay or or something like I don't know I mean it just feels too I know there's a lot of passion about it but it just feels mm-hmm. like small you know yeah, like, I hope like it's I'm gonna wrong. fly under the radar yeah I hope I'm wrong but it also just feels like unfortunately the kind of movie that they don't make anymore you know mm-hmm. so I don't mm-hmm. know if it's gonna feel out of place in the middle of like Oppenheimer and Killers of the yeah. Flower Moon and like these yeah. bigger um, and then it's like, or even like, it's kind of like not artsy enough either. Like it's kind of right. more mainstream. So I don't know if there's a place for it, but gosh, I just want to buy more. Like, I feel like if I have two horses that I'm going to back, <laughs> three, okay. One is Ava DuVernay's Origin, which I saw at TIFF and I'll, I'll touch on briefly. Yeah. The other one is Are You There, God, It's Me, Margaret. And the other one is Sandra Hewler for Anatomy of a Fall. Like, these are the three things that I'm just, like, so passionate about. And if I get any combination of the three this award season, <laughs> I will be over the moon. I but love it. I think, you know, a lot of times, unfortunately – a lot of things like if they're not part of the awards race they get forgotten so I just encourage people like you know I think this is one of the best movies of the year regardless of if it makes it into the conversation so I hope people just make time for it right right yeah I like you said I think there's those ones that kind of don't have like a definitive place like you said it's not like a huge blockbuster it's not like super indie I feel like they just fly under the radar and it it's sad because they don't last in the theaters very long, right? Like I said, I had every intention of going in the theater and it just didn't stay in the theater long enough for me to get there. Um, and then like you said, it's like, I don't really feel like I hear anyone talking about it. I feel like I saw a tweet the other day from someone that was like, please don't forget about this and mentioned like adapted screenplay. And I was like, oh, maybe it has a chance at that. You know, it's just like, I just feel like it can't really find its place if that makes sense. Yeah, I would love to see Rachel McAdams in the conversation um, for supporting. So, and I think it's it's going comedy at the Globes, which may yeah. boost its chances. So, so we'll okay. see. Um, a couple of TIFF titles that I wanted to mention, especially mm. now that we're like kind of a month out of the festival, like I've been yeah. able to really kind of hone in on the ones that have really made an impact. One is Origin. Which have you read or are you familiar with Cast, the Isabel Wilkerson nonfiction? No. 
So what she does with Origin is really creative in that she takes, like, the real-life story of the author, Isabel Wilkerson, and then she, like, interweaves it with, like, as she's writing the book and, like, recreations of certain sections of the book. I've never seen, like, a biopic type. It's, like, a biopic documentary recreation. Like, it kind of just plays with a lot of different genres in a really interesting way. Mm -hmm. Um. And I know for some people, like, they, they didn't like that because they were like, well, what exactly is she trying to do? But I loved how inventive it, it was. And, like, um, it, you know, Anjanou Ellis-Taylor, she plays the the real-life um, Isabel Wilkerson, and her performance is just so good. And, like, I don't cry very often in movies, but this mm-hmm. one, like, I was ball. I mean, it really got me. It's really wow. beautiful. It feels really poignant. Um I think, again, if I had to, like, force people, to, if I could sit our audience in front of a movie, I would pick Origin. I just think it's really good and, again, really inventive and different. Like, even if you watch it and, and you don't connect with what Ava DuVernay is trying to do or it doesn't work for you, I just think yeah. it's so interesting, especially because, like, I've we've both seen so many of, like, the traditional biopic you know, or the traditional book adaptations where they start at the beginning of the book and, you know, like, and I just, I love that she took that idea and did something completely different with it. I cannot say, again, cannot say enough good things about that movie. 10 out of 10 recommend. Um, Another one is The Beast, which is, again, this, like, French film that's also very, like, past lives, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Um, mm-hmm. it's kind of like going through this woman's like past lives and there's always this like man that they they connect in each life they connect differently but they always kind of find their way together and it's this like really weird interesting three-hour sci-fi love story that doesn't work on every level like I think sometimes I was confused about what was happening and it kind of gets a little bit too ahead of itself but like it's so unique and inventive that I just admire what was happening and I yeah. I just love movies like that that it's like it's doing something and even if it's not 100% like fully baked it's just like it's out there and it's trying something right so that one was a really good one and then the other one that I want to mention is American Fiction which won the top audience prize at TIFF um Jeffrey Wright is so good he kind of plays this uh author who they tell him like you know your books need to be blacker to sell so he makes he writes this like as a joke this like book where he puts in every like stereotype that he can think of of like mm-hmm. what American what white audiences want their black characters to be oh, and okay. book just takes off like crazy and it's kind of this like amazing satire of sort of the publishing industry like how we consume our entertainment um like race like sort of you know white people patting themselves on the back for their progressiveness while they're being yeah. all these things so it's just it's really smart it's really funny jeffrey wright is amazing speaking of like adapted screenplay i think that one of the best screenplays of the year just because it's again so inventive so mm-hmm. um i think that's been one of the fun things of this year is like trying to fi- as i'm continually like honing in my taste just realizing how much I admire movies that are like really out there and yeah doing something new and like getting to find these gems that are like a little bit different has been really fun yeah especially in a year that I feel like because you and I were kind of talking offline about this um like I'm going back and trying to think of you know looking at my letterbox like what have I seen this year and I feel like everything's just kind of been like meh for me like you know, I saw Dumb Money. It was fine. I saw um, Haunting in Venice. It was fine. I saw, um, you know, Elemental. It was cute. Like, you know, there's just all these things that I'm just like, you know, Ashford City. It was fine. You know, it's just like nothing has really impressed me, you know, or like made me feel that way. Like, oh, this is different and inventive. It's like everything's just kind of been cookie cutter so far, which is why I'm really excited for um this fall and all the films that are about to come out but I do want to hear really quickly um just about your experience at TIFF in general was this this was not your first time at TIFF correct um yeah this was my second time yeah it's interesting you mentioned I mean I've had that experience too like I saw 42 movie, I 
filmed the tip a ridiculous amount of films and like wow that's incredible yeah but like oh my god that's incredible I could think of like five or six that I think are like genuine five star like really 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 good um and maybe that's because like the more we watch we kind of become pickier or maybe it's because like we do have like the critic's brain where we can't tear help but like tear things apart I don't know but or that scene with the critic's brain where you're like if you don't feel one wet like it's when it's just in the middle like I said all these things it's like they're fine I don't really have anything on one end of the spectrum or the other to say about it it's not like a five or a one right it's just like a three star meh it's fine watch it on a rainy Saturday afternoon like and you'll be entertained like I feel like unless I have something really you know one way or the other to say about it it's just kind of it's fine you know which I feel like is the hardest thing as a critic right like when you see something that you're just like it was fine it was a fine movie people will enjoy it there and there's nothing else to say it's like what do you say (laughs) right and it's also hard because I feel like I don't ever want to be in a position to like discourage people from seeing something right because like somebody else may connect to something that I don't or some people like love the traditional biopic like that's like exactly what they want like they want a nice cookie cutter comforting thing so yeah it is like a really weird situation to be in and yeah I've seen a lot of like three star perfectly fine nothing special movies that I have not thought about since yep run of the mill like I'll like it was fine when I watched it I probably won't ever think about it again right like that's why like I like that you say that something like Barbie or Oppenheimer that you've thought about since you've watched it or like maybe these other films from TIFF or whatever like that's what really matters right is the films that make you yeah spark in your brain you know but yeah I mean TIFF TIFF was great and I know a lot of people I mean obviously there there weren't any actors there so it wasn't as glitzy as my experience last year but in some ways I actually enjoyed that more because I feel like the focus was really on the film and the the filmmaker so um, it was it was a really positive experience. It was just also strange because a lot of the there were some big titles that you know weren't at the festival. Um, so there's a lot of things that I really want to see. So if if you want to kind of get into some big yes. titles that that we that we've missed, the big one for me as we've touched on is Killers of the Flower Moon. Like I've yeah. been looking forward to that since it was announced like three years ago. That's of course yes. adopting the book. <laughs> yes. Did you read the book? Um, I started it and then my library hold ran out so I had to return oh, no. it like a three-month wait so I may just buy it and read it I, but no you I should you should I listened to it on audiobook and I've thought about like should I try to read it again or like read it really quickly before it comes out but I, I'm not gonna have the time but yeah that's obviously one I'm really looking forward to did that premiere Tiff where did that premiere that at? was at Cannes I think that's right that's yeah. right yeah, I'm really excited for that. Um, now, are you getting an early screening to Priscilla tomorrow, or is it just out where you're at? Uh, no, no, I'm going to a, a press. Oh, awesome! Yeah. That's I'm really excited for that. I'm, and we can talk more about Killers, the Flower Moon. I'm obviously very excited for that too. Um, what do you think about the length of the film? I know people are kind of freaking out about it. I mean, I don't understand that because it's like when you binge watch a show, like. Maybe I watch too many episodes, but, like, I feel like people have no problems watching, like, three episodes of an hour-long Netflix show, right? Like, I don't know why when it comes to, like, a three-hour movie, people Mm -hmm. all of a sudden are like, oh, it's so long. And I trust Scorsese enough to, like, not make it feel long. Right. Um, So I'm I'm not worried about it. Right. And I mean, I it's so funny to hear. I feel like there's been so much buzz about how long it is when, you know, Avatar obviously was super long. People have no problem with that. Um, Oppenheimer, which did incredible, is cl- also close to the same amount of time. So I just don't really understand where what people are so up in arms about. But, you know, that's how it is. But yeah, I'm, I've been trying to like the new trailer that came out. I didn't even watch because I'm just like it's so close to coming out now that like, I don't want to see anything until I'm actually seeing it. You know, I've actually, I think I told you this before, but that's kind of been one of my goals is is to go into things as blind as possible. And it's added to my enjoyment of movies so much, like um, not knowing. Yes. Now 
I also, like you said, have been excited about that for years. I feel like, I feel like that and Barbie was like announced around the same time, like three years ago. And here we finally are. Right. Um, and not not to like gloss over killers of the flower moon other than just to say that I'm super excited for it but I am also really excited for Priscilla so I'm super excited that you're seeing that tomorrow I will be dying to hear what you think of it because I love Sofia Coppola and I've loved everything she's done so like I I also feel like so many directors I love are coming out with new films this year like obviously Martin Scorsese, Sofia Coppola. Um, I'm excited for Hitman. I love R- Richard Linklater. You'll um, love it. It's oh, you so, saw Hitman? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's very, like, it's not something that's, like, um, like, it's completely different from, um, like, the before movies, right? Like, it's just, like, a yeah. fun popcorn-y thing, but it's yeah. really good. Yeah, I've heard nothing but good things. Yeah. Um, I'm also really excited for, um, the killer, David Fincher. I am obsessed with David Fincher. I'm so glad he has a new film coming out. I can't wait. Um, I'm excited for Ferrari. I'm excited for Maestro, Maestro, whatever, however you say it. Um, I just feel like there's so much good stuff that's about to come out. Yeah, and it's funny. I'm really excited for Killer too, which I didn't even know was happening. Maybe I'm, I don't know, but all of a sudden they were like, oh, Fincher has a new movie coming out. And I was like, huh? I've been tracking it for a while because I've yes just because I love David Fincher so much and I'm like my guy when's your next film you know like so I have been tracking it for a while um and also just like the subject matter like I'm really excited to see what he does with it um I again have heard nothing but good things because I think people are just starting to see it um recently I feel like I've seen some people talking about it um and then I did want to talk to you about the holdovers because you did say that you saw that right yeah it's like very good it's just for some reason it's kind of like faded from my my it hasn't stuck as much but okay. it's very good like I I honestly don't have any complaints about it like I feel like yeah. Paul Giamatti's perfect like the yeah um Dominic Sessa I believe is like the the kid that they have in the movie like he's incredible mm um divine joe randolph like she's really good i think that's kind of the 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 performances are just really good the screenplay is good i'm a huge alexander payne fan and um downsizing was just such a bummer (laughs) i really (laughs) didn't like that movie so i was just so happy that he's like returned to form like really good well you know what's funny is i feel like i saw a preview for the holdover like a really long time ago i don't even know what i was seeing and I kind of, like you said, I found it very, like, even the trailer, like, I found it very forgettable, but I feel like I've been hearing such good things about it. Like, I feel like people are raving over it. It's like, oh, like, we don't have films like this anymore, and it's so this and that, and I was looking, like, I just kind of went on IMDb, like, to, for us to, like, you know, prepare for what we're going to talk about, just to make sure I wasn't missing anything that's, like, coming out soon, right? And it's got, like, an 8.2 on IMDb, which is high. Mm. And I just feel like people, maybe I don't, maybe, I don't know, maybe people are just, like, really craving something like it um, right now. I guess that makes me, like, excited to see it, just because I'm like, what is everyone so excited about, right? But maybe, I don't know, maybe I'll feel differently once I see it. But that's one that, like, I feel like I saw a preview for and then it was like I didn't think think about it until I've been hearing all these good things about it so it's also like been delayed a gazillion times I feel like that's why it's like been in the conversation (laughs) for so long but I mean yeah yeah, it definitely there is something like very like old-fashioned about it but I mean that as a compliment like it's just kind of like a comfort meal in a movie yeah Um, so yeah no like stay stay excited about it I don't I, maybe it's not like masterpiece level for me but yeah. I I appreciate it like I it's right. good right um and I'm it's interesting glad that you mentioned Maestro and Ferrari like I've heard right like really good things about Ferrari which like on paper it's not a me movie at all but I'm kind of super excited for it because I've heard really good things I just love Adam Driver like I've been such a fan of his for so long and um I I don't know if I would say well no I guess it is my type of movie but I'm just 
even more so just excited to see him and like a like give a really strong performance in something like that um I've heard really good things about it and Maestro like I'm hearing like um definitely gonna be in the awards race like for all the things Mm -hmm. I've just heard it's like incredible which is interesting because so this is my like unpopular or whatever it's like I liked A Star is Born. I wasn't as obsessed with it as everyone else. So I'm Mm -hmm. very interested to see, like, what Bradley Cooper directing again is going to look like. Yeah. And, um, yeah, and I'm, like, interested to see his performance. Like, I know there was a lot of buzz about the, like, physical transformation. So I'm interested to see, like, is it just prosthetics or, like, is he doing something? You know what I mean? Like Right. Right. Yeah, I've heard he's really strong in the direction and in his performance. So, like you know, just again, like excited to see him doing these things again. I did love A Star is Born. Um, I think he, I think he deserved, you know, who, what won that year? What? Didn't Rami win that year? Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. Ugh. yeah I no, would have given him best actor for sure. I just. Yeah. Um, another one is May December. I'm really excited. I love. Oh, no. What is that one? Um, it's Julianne Moore and somebody else, and it's like a. Oh, I love her. I was also excited for Foe. Um, with uh, Sersha. Um, what am I saying her last name correctly? Yeah, Sersha Ronan and Paul Mascal, but I've heard like not great things <laughs> yeah that did not get did it's not get not doing well <laughs> no um and may december by the way so it's it's julianne moore and natalie portman and i don't know very much about this movie and it's um charles melton who's getting great reviews which i think is so funny because i just know him from riverdale oh okay but um but i it's like a like a three-handed romance I guess but it seems really interesting and weird and I'm excited for it yeah it's a, it looks like it's a Netflix film I see it now that now that I'm looking it up I've seen the poster for it so I know what you're talking about um and yeah and I know we kind of mentioned this before but poor things like I just love Emma Stone so I'm really excited to see what she does and again I've just been hearing good things from people that have been able to see it you know so early that I'm just like you know really excited for when I'm it... interested because it's like a Yorgos Lanthimos film and I feel like usually his films are kind of like polarizing but I've heard nothing about like nothing but good things so I'm like is it like a little bit more mainstream is it just like really weird like also um oh my gosh what was the movie that his last movie the the Olivia Coleman one the name is escaping the, fa- the favorite the favorite yeah when I saw that, I, to me, it felt like that was, like, his peak as a filmmaker. So the fact mm. that he may have potentially topped that is super exciting to me. Right. So, yeah, I'm super, super looking forward to four things. Like, I need that, like, now. Yeah, I just, I love Emma Stone. So, like, if nothing else, we get Emma Stone back on the big mm-hmm. screen. And I feel like she's she's also in that Showtime show that's coming out with uh, Nathan Fielder. That looks interesting. I don't know if you've seen that, like, preview or anything. I haven't seen. I I know it's, like, on my radar, but I haven't yeah. seen it before. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm just excited she's, like, I feel like it's been a while since we've seen her. Yeah, she took a break, had a baby. Yeah. Um, speaking of Netflix stuff, is Fair Play on your radar at all? So it's funny that you bring that up because somebody was talking to me about it the other day or, like, Maybe it was the other site that I write for. They were talking about it as like an option for um, something to review. And I saw it and then I just like didn't have time. But it's it's out already, right? Yeah. Did you watch it? Yeah, it's on Netflix. Um, I saw it at TIFF. It's like, did you, so you've seen it? No, I haven't. Yeah. Um, I want you to watch it. <laughs> like, okay. If you don't write about it or if you hate it, I just need you to see it. Mainly because I need other people to talk about it with. Okay. But- it's like an inch I don't know just watch it just please watch it's like a husband and wife thing right it's like um this guy and this girl who work at the same like finance firm oh okay yeah is it like a thriller yeah it's kind of like a romance 
romantic thriller. Okay, yeah, I'll watch it. I'll watch it when we can talk about it, definitely. Just, just um, watch it. Okay, okay. What else are we forgetting? What else haven't we talked about? Um, Just a few, like, again, early films from earlier in the year. John Wick 4. Listen, mm-hmm. I went into John Wick. I hadn't seen any of the previous movies. I happened to get into it at South By. So I was like, I want to see Keanu, whatever. Right, yeah. Yeah, that movie is so good, and I went back and I watched all the other John Wick, Wick films, which are fine. But the fourth one is like I feel like a whole nother level. Like they really elevated it, and like the fight sequences, the cinematography, like it's such a good movie. And you know, like I'm here, I am like talking about all these highbrow movies, whatever. Like John Wick, I mean that movie delivers. Like it's so good. <laughs> and it's like popcorny, and it's just, um, yeah. yeah. I've heard nothing but good things about it. Um, yeah. Now, what about like, uh, did you see? You saw Tetris at the South. Yeah, I feel like that was super forgettable. <laughs> like I remember watching it and like being like, yeah, again, it was fine, but like I wasn't super impressed by it. Um, oh, oh my gosh. You know what I've been super excited for and have completely forgotten to mention this whole time is Saltburn. Yes. Oh my god. How yes, me too. Emerald Fennell. Like I'm so excited. You haven't seen it yet. I haven't seen it. And I know, like, again, that one the reviews are a little bit all over the place, but I feel like it's gonna appeal to me. One hundred percent. Yeah. Emerald Fennell, like she has a lifetime pass. I am on board with whatever yep. she wants to make. Same. I'm so excited. Same. I was such a fan of Promising Young Woman, and I just, I love her. And she's also one one of those for me that's like, whatever she does, I'm gonna watch and support because I just like admire her. Um, and I'm excited to see Barry Keegan in like a main character role. Um, and then Jacob. Elord, how, how do you say his last name? Do you know Elordi, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's in he's Elvis in the Priscilla movie, mm-hmm. right? Um, and I've heard he's really good in this too. So I'm that's one that like I cannot wait. When does this come out? I need to. Oh, maybe is it out in some places already? I don't know. That's one that I'm like I cannot wait to see it. I just I adore her and when I heard that it was like happening this year, I was really excited for it. And it's like you said, I, I feel like I've seen more good stuff than like good reviews of it than not so good. But I just feel like also people are more critical of women. I don't know. <laughs> um, also, uh, Rosamund Pike is in it too. And I love her. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. It also just like visually looks like it's really interesting. Yes. Same thing yes. with Priscilla too. Like, because yeah. I've heard Priscilla described as like Marie Antoinette, but with like American royalty kind of. Yes, I'm so, so I'm excited. Super excited for like what it's visually gonna look like. Right. Yeah, I've heard it's like really textured, and you know, um, I've also heard that like she talking about Priscilla um, handles it like the the content really well because it's I think a little bit controversial, you know, with just the subject matter at hand so um yeah yeah super excited I can't believe I almost forgot about Saltburn oh my god I would have been so mad at myself we would have been like we need an addendum to our podcast (laughs) exactly Um, yeah so Erica as we wrap do you have any final thoughts um I just am excited that it's fall time and the and like the Oscar, you know, race is gonna be here soon and and uh a lot of good stuff coming out and movies are back. The movies are back. Like if nothing else, Taylor Swift brought the movies back too. So I I'm just happy. It feels really good to be in a full movie theater. Yeah. And a- um as much as I like, you know, it's nice to watch movies at home. I guess my attention span just can't handle it anymore because I yeah. can't help but like look at my phone. So any opportunity I have to just like sit in a theater and fully immerse myself. Yeah. Um, and I feel like I always have have this conversation with myself at this point of the year where I'm kind of like 
you know, I can't help but focus on movies that have been a little bit disappointing. So I'm very excited to kind of finish out the year and get kind of a bigger picture of everything. And then yeah, inevitably, like there's going to be things that we're super excited for that are going to let us down. And there's going to be movies that weren't on our radar that might end up being really good. Like Napoleon might end up being a banger, you know? That was another one that I'm so glad you mentioned because I meant to put that on my list too. Um, I am excited for that. I, I think it'll be interesting, if nothing else, if it ends up being mm-hmm. something that disappoints us. I think it'll just be interesting watch regardless. So. so thank you, as always, for talking about movies with me and geeking out with me. This was so fun. Yeah, it's such a good time. I'm so glad we were able to catch up. And, and you know, in a couple months, we'll need to talk about this stuff again because then we'll actually be talking about, like, the end of the year and the Oscar yeah. race. So. And it's... it's um, we forgot a movie that you loved. Feel free to yell at us on Twitter <laughs> slash X. I'm at Shadon Larky. Yeah, and I'm at E-Rock Reviews. Um, thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Women in Session. We have a really excited, um, exciting prestige podcast that Erica and I are going to be joining the, the women for. So stay tuned for that. And um, thank you so much.